look forward to retirement and avoid the pitfalls. Keep listening for ways to maximize your retirement income. More Than Money with the Popowich Carmelli Advisory Group, CIBC Woodgundy, on News Talk 770. Lifestyle matters. It's more than money. I'm Faisal Carmelli, my co-host here, Dave Popovich. How you doing? I'm good, Faisal. How about you? Frozen. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm frozen. Just a reminder. I think we've had the best in my memory. This has been the best winter. Although we're going to get a little reminder that we are in winter. Well, happy birth, belated birthday, my friend. Oh boy. Um, yeah, and that's why your memory is so so weak because <laughs> you're getting older and you can't remember all those all those good times we had in the winter. Oh yeah, you could be right. It's, uh, See, it's... when I was when I was 15 years of age and I could go and play outside, play some some street hockey. Uh, in the winter time, I call those the best days. Now it's just I want to just get away from this the city. The cold, yeah. yeah. Well, listen, so, I'm a Winnipeg boy at the beginning, so I'm pretty much any winter we have here is. <laughs> well, you know what they say about Winnipeg, right? Oh. It's a great place to be from. It is. I know. I still have cousins there. I love to go visit them every five years and then and then leave. leave. Yeah. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> no, it's I'm gonna get hate mail from all the Winnipegians. Is that what they're called? Uh, you've just insulted everybody that ever came from Winnipeg. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, you can contact Faisal at more than money. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> um, so we're going to talk about memory today, a little bit about, um, you know, if you, we do as we get older, there's a natural, um, uh, there's a natural part, part of aging that probably, you know, some memory loss, but then there's some uh, memory loss problems. Right there's there's a difference between natural aging and then actual problems. We want to talk a little bit about that, some of the symptoms, um, and and just to be able to identify that. And we're also going to talk a little bit about a new risk to retirement. There's a study put out by uh, CIBC. We're going to talk to Jamie Golenbeck, uh, Golenbeck about that. And it's about regretting yes. retirement. How many Canadians do you think regret their retirement? Stick around for that because you're going to be very surprised and for some of the reasons why. Um, okay. Let's talk a little bit about uh, about this week, my friend. Yep. Um, you know, this is the water cooler talk and some yep. of the questions that are uh, coming up, general sort of trends that we're hearing. Anything in particular caught your attention this week? It was earnings season this week, and a lot of companies posted their numbers. There's some good numbers, some not-so-good numbers. And so finally, the markets start to react on fundamentals versus um, speculation. Mm-hmm. Okay? Um, so in weeks like this, where we have the major tech companies, Amazon, Facebook, so Google, Microsoft, reporting their earnings, when we start seeing some of the oil and gas companies for us here in Alberta, when we start seeing Imperial Oil and so on and so forth reporting their numbers, you kind of get an idea of where, where people, where companies stand. And so I liked, I liked this week because it, we, we actually had some real data inform, and yep. information to, to view the, the, the future with. And when you look at some of the key drivers out there, we got surprised by a few. Um, we got we got uh, surprised on the downside yeah, when it came to disappointed Amazon. Disappointed in some, and, right? Because yeah. uh, people were expecting more of a profit. They didn't want to expect to see more spending into the future. Um, the Federal Reserve didn't raise interest rates. Payroll. Well, mo- more importantly, you know, more importantly, they um, their language was was uh, very patient. Shall we say it changed? Yep, it, it changed did. in it a changed. quarter. Yeah, and so some are saying that the central bank of the United States capitulated to the stock market because they, w- they didn't want to uh, freak everybody out. Okay, so we'll take a look at that data as it goes forward and see if there's going to be any changes. The uh, Canadian central bank, um, the gross domestic product. 
came out at a, a dismal, you know, very weak, uh, a dismal number. And so the ch- the chances of the Canadian central bank raising interest rates over the next two quarters are minimal. So people who are borrowing lines of credits, um, variable rate mortgages, don't anticipate se- to see any kind of increase over the next six months potentially, unless something changes. Right now, but, but it's important to note that because you know, just using the Fed's language as an example. Right, we started to see some real volatility late last year as a result of them having what we would call some hawkish language, indicating that we're going to be pretty aggressive with the rate increases and how quickly this has changed, right? To to dovishness. So that's right. We got you got to keep on on top of this stuff. But I like you like earnings season. Yeah, I love it because ultimately, this is about how many times are we going to pay for the earnings of a company? Correct. Right. Valuations matter, and uh, and it's been a wild ride over the past three months as the market has tried to, as you said, anticipate a little bit about what some of the, uh, the the broader economic issues are and translate that to what earnings might look like. And then you get the actual data on earnings. You know, Facebook was a big surprise. You talked about Amazon on the downside. Facebook, you know, up with all their problems, they showed very strong revenue on their advertising side. And, yep. and they got... As did Apple. princely yep. rewarded for that. Yep. As did Apple, right? Yep. Yeah, they beat by a penny, and uh, and and things look pretty good. So it does, uh, it does lend some... Um, uh, some sanity to uh, a, a world that otherwise has some crazy headlines. Here's the interesting thing. I got calls this week um, from listeners of our show saying, should I get back in the stock market? Oh, yeah. Here we go again. 25000 on the Dow, Faisal. It's mm-hmm. a good, that's a good signal to buy. Wouldn't 24 be a better signal? Right. <laughs> right? So I think we're getting back to people saying, I have a fear of missing out. Yep. Uh, we've had great numbers in, the, in Canada alone, up 8% or so uh, year to date um, on Canadian stocks. Uh, we're the leader. Our currency is appreciated about 4% versus the U.S. And so people are getting back into the, well, maybe we should be buying more. And I think this market timing thing um, and the expectation of market timing uh, needs to be addressed. I think people have to realize that this is not a short-term game. When it comes to your retirement, don't gamble on it. Put the odds in your favor and go through some proper strategies. And so I, I just found it very interesting this week that people... And, and people I've never spoken to in the past are calling me up saying, it's a good time to get in now, isn't it, Faisal? Right. right. Well, and, you know, this market timing is going to be a problem, and we talked about it a little bit. We should probably continue to talk about it um, because of the fear that drove. Remember, we always say it, it's yeah, markets always or participants have always said it's either fear or greed. Yeah. I think it's just fear. And it's the, it's the fear of uh, losing, and it's the fear of missing out, and whichever one happens to be the greater fear at the time to drive it. Either way, it's all emotional. Yeah. I think the, if people take a step back and structure their retirement properly, Correct. Uh, if they look at the two separate buckets for your financial means, meaning one bucket for income, one bucket for growth, you can weather all this storm, right? If it's, it's, it's very interesting how people are basing their entire retirement future on stock picks or timing the market or, yeah. you know, like, do you really want to take that kind of risk? And there's advisors out there yeah. who are talking about just buy stocks and live off the dividends as part of their retirement. And then they start talking about, well, maybe it's most, most tax efficient if you do it that way. Right. Really, do you want to take on volatility of your money to save on taxes? Well, can you like, emotionally handle the swing that, that, that the, you know, the capital costs swing on your portfolio? And if that drives an emotional reaction, you can devastate yourself. That was a 2008 scenario. But people are relying upon some strategy of taking income. Let's use dividends. Take the volatility because dividends are still a better tax treatment for you outside of an RSP or a RIF. Mm-hmm. And so you can, you can live off that. And my, I don't know anybody who has stayed to the same spending pattern 
for their entire retirement. There will be extraordinary or unexpected expenses that come up that you need to draw on it. And what if the portfolio was down? What if the stock market takes a hit the day or the week or the year that you need that extra money? Do you really want to encroach on capital? Those are the kind of risks that people don't really understand. And I think advisors generally don't look at that. They don't understand the sequence of returns. And you talk about these sequence returns. Every single seminar, you mention it. And every single seminar... I'll tell you, most people don't understand it, right. but when they, when, they, when they hear you speak to it and they see the visuals on our screens, yeah. they get surprised that they were never introduced to this issue from their advisor. Right, and how devastating it, it can be. And right. I don't blame the advisor right. because that's not their specialty. Right. They don't specialize in retirement or transitioning to retirement. They talk about retirement right. like it's a destination, right. but they're like a travel agent who's never been to that resort. Right. When you've retired hundreds of times like us, you kind of get the idea of how it works. And that's the kind of stuff that we're going to talk about. And so I think this is a good point for telling people that we should, you know, we want to continue to educate individuals. Just educate. That's right. That's all this is, right? We need people to understand how the rules of investing change and how structure really matters in order to protect yourself as you move, you know, into this period of of life that we call retirement. And I know that people who are going to come to our seminar or ask for a copy of our book or listen to this 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 show or on a podcast or watch us on social media, ninety five percent of the people are not going to listen to us. Yeah, ninety. This is just humanistic behavior. Right. Five percent that do. It's worth every single minute of education and 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 time that we spend. Uh, with with the public and helping them with their retirement. So we're going to do it again on Tuesday, February 19th at the Oak Ridge Co-op Wine Spirits and Beer. Now, our 7 p.m. session is fully booked, so we've opened up another session for 8.30. That 8.30 session only has a few spots left. And so we need you to reserve your seats by giving us a call, 966-8400. That's 966-8400. Or you can go online to register at morethanmoneyradio.com. Do you have a loved one that's suffering from apparent memory problems? Don't be deceived. It may be something entirely different. Stick around after the break. You're on 770 CHQR and More Than Money. Sleeping and the vision that was planted in my brain still remains within the sound of silence. Welcome back. You're here with Dave and Faisal on 770 CHQR and More Than Money. We do a lot of conversations about uh, aging and memory. Yes. Right? And we've, you know, my personal circumstances have been touched by that. But you know what? Sometimes it may not be a memory issue. I'm sorry, what did you say? Mm-hmm, exactly. Okay. For you, I know it's not a memory issue. It's a separate issue. Now, we've got, uh, this, is, this is a great conversation. Um, I did some education, as you know, around aging. Remember? Yeah. And how to deal with people as they're aging. Correct. And there was one particular exercise that I did that I found really surprising and startling. And so we're going to have, I'll, I'll come back to that a little bit later. Okay. We've got Dr. Susan Vandermore. She's a clinical uh, neuropsychologist at Baycrest, also the co author of a new study about the real reason for the apparent memory problems in our loved ones. Uh huh. Susan, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. All right. Um, we, it's scary. Right as we get older, we we you you see your loved ones, um, you see them forgetting things sometimes, uh, and you and you get we immediately jump to this notion of dementia and Alzheimer's, and it's a scary topic. But that may not, in fact, be the real problem. So if if mm-hmm. one of your loved ones, um, you know, has apparent memory problems, we can't immediately jump to that conclusion. Tell me a little bit about your study and what you found. 
Sure. So in my study, you know, in the work we do at Baycrest, uh, we, we work towards um, advancing better approaches to optimizing healthy aging. But it's a healthcare setting at the end of the day. And mm-hmm. my work specifically is in a clinic where we do thorough investigations of persons who are concerned about memory change. Either they are concerned themselves or they, um, you know, someone has brought them in saying there's something, there's something happening with my mom's memory. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in the work that we do, we do very detailed testing of memory. And the way, one of the main ways we do that is we tell people some information, we distract them for a while, and then we ask for the information back. So a a very sort of um, real-world memory test, if Mm -hmm. you will. Um, What got us thinking about this is that, you know, we know from our clinical experience and and from what clients tell us is that sometimes... you know, it may not be that there's a memory issue, it's that there's a hearing issue. So right. if a person can't recall what we told them a while ago, is it because there's a hearing problem or is it because of memory problem? And so what we did in a research study was really systematically look at that in our in our patients who are coming in for memory investigation, how many of them have hearing problems, how well are those hearing problems managed and, and what would it mean if we were if we carefully attended to that? Um, how do you tell the difference? So if you've you know you're listeners got a loved one that's experiencing this, how would you know whether it's a hearing or a memory issue? Mm-hmm. So that's a great question. Um, and I think to back it up further, there, there are other things, right, that may be in the picture. Um, it may be hearing, it may be stress, uh, it may be a language issue, all kinds of things can, can contribute to what feels like a memory problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, pulling apart hearing and memory is... Um, is in some ways not so complex and also quite complex because often the two are are happening at the same time. Certainly starting with conversations with the family doctor is the most important, you know, that the healthcare provider who who knows you well, who's who's been with you um, ideally for for a period of time and and knows your whole health history is is step one. And that's really the, the main starting point for all of this. And then at the end of the day, what, what we want to look at is, is getting hearing tested, uh, seeing an audiologist, having a thorough investigation, um, and also having some cognitive assessment as well. Yeah, it's a, I mean, it's, it's a combination of a number of things. And so I alluded to this um, educational program that I went through in yep. mm-hmm. dealing with the aging and a natural mm-hmm. part of aging. And it was... Because what's the, your designation again on that? Well, it's a certified professional consultant on aging. Yep. Okay. And I found the segment on hearing particularly interesting. And so what they had us do is put on some earmuffs and it muffled, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. or excuse me, the, I guess the audio playback that they gave us at the time was, was muffled, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it was amazing when we took these earmuffs off and the earphones off and we all talked about it. There's a group of maybe 12 or 15 of us in there. What we heard, mm-hmm. completely different. Everybody had something completely different, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Interesting, right. And so if you asked me to recall later, I could have recalled what I thought I heard, but it would be totally wrong, right? And right, so I could right. see very easily how that those two things could, um, you know, could uh, present a problem. What do you do? Yeah. What, what do you tell somebody, uh, Susan, if, if they've, you're identifying this problem? Uh, what are they, what's the first step? Uh, well, oftentimes, you know, in the setting we're working in, uh, I'm looking at people who have memory problems, and maybe I'm the first person to say, hey, I think you might have a hearing problem. But more often than not, it's people coming in saying, yeah, I know my hearing's an issue. Yeah, I turn the TV up, but, uh, you know, I don't want hearing aids. I don't want that stigma. And there's a lot of uh, stigma around hearing loss. There's there's sort of data out there from the research that mm-hmm. people take as much as 10 years before they seek treatment for hearing loss. Um, and at least, a, you know, many people who really could benefit from some degree of hearing treatment just don't want to take it up for one reason or another. So I think when um, they see me with a concern around memory, you know, there is there is uh, 
I think, a bit more motivation to get their hearing tested when they're in the memory setting and they're facing kind of the, the dreaded memory yeah. Um, yeah. diagnosis or, or, you know, the possibility of Alzheimer's disease. So in some ways, I, I feel like I have, I'm in a good position to help people kind of cross that hump and, and you know, think, okay, maybe it is time to get my hearing checked. So, Susan, are you um, suggesting... We know that hearing health is brain health, right? And and, right, yeah. and everyone's on board with brain health, um, yep. hearing, hearing aid stigma or not. So let's say you have a loved one and you suspect they have a memory, they have memory issues or memory losses and so forth. Would the mm-hmm. first place go to check for hearing and then come to you or go to you first, then go for hearing? Like what's the, what's the... Uh, it's a good question. So if you have a loved one who has, you know, some concerns around hearing loss or, uh, or memory loss and you're not sure what to do, I think the first place really to go is to that loved one and, and talk to them about it. Um, what's their experience? What's their perception? Um, sometimes in, in the case of memory loss, uh, a person's ability to remember that they have a memory problem is compromised. And mm-hmm. so sometimes, you know, you're going to be faced with what, what seems like, you know, no, there's nothing wrong with me. Whereas in fact, they may literally be forgetting that they're forgetting. Um, so in any case, you know, a, a good frank conversation with your loved one first and foremost. And then the second point of contact would always be a family doctor or general practitioner because, again, hearing is a big issue. Memory is a big issue. There are lots and lots of little issues that can mimic hearing loss or memory loss, and, and that uh, that whole health perspective as a first point um, makes a lot of sense to get to getting things started. Yeah, I think that uh, I think that's terrific advice, Susan. We're gonna have to leave it there. I want to thank you for bringing this, you know, to the to the forefront because that is a scary that the brain health is a scary thing, and maybe we're sure. jumping to conclusions that we shouldn't be jumping to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's a lot we can do in any case. Right? Yeah, to thank you very much our, for your time health. and the research that you're doing. Thank you. I've been joined by Dr. Susan Vandermore. She's a clinical neuropsychologist at Baycrest. Also, the co-author of the study that we've just been talking about, and you know, phasal health is the health bucket, if you will, right? Is an important bucket. There are there is a natural aging process. Things change for us as we get older. Correct. Right. Um, I, I found this really interesting when I was reading the report and looking at the show that we were going to be doing. And going, you know what? Uh, that that should have been an obvious connection, right? Because if if you can't hear properly. I you know. might recall you might recall it, but it may appear like you don't recall what the heck we were talking about. Correct. But you recalled what you heard. Correct. Right. Anyways, biggest fear in retirement is health. Is one of the biggest fears yeah, is one health, of the biggest, yeah. right? And so, and, and the whole process of of aging and the cost incurred as you age right. out of pocket because right. people are concerned that the government won't be able to supply the same type of services that they have in the past and so you'll have to pay out of pocket how do you do that with your with paying for yourself for your income and retirement and the stock market and the growth and and all those different issues taxes all those things that come up it it builds a bit of anxiety as you transition to retirement absolutely and so we want to show you the strategy behind how to make sure you can handle your income needs growing your portfolio paying for health care if that's a concern down the road um having a strategy placed for all those and then minimizing tax. And we're going to discuss that on Tuesday, February 19th at the Oak Ridge Co-op Wine, Spirits and Beer. Now our 7 p.m. session is fully booked, but you can book for our 8.30 session, which we've opened up, but we only have a few spots left because they've been filling up pretty quick. But you need to reserve your seats, so give us a call, 966-8400. That's 966-8400, or you can register online at morethanmoneyradio.com. Yeah. Um, you commented before that um, this educational process uh, gets received by 
a small number of people relative to the number of people we educate. Um, and that's fine. That's just human nature you talk about, yep. right? But this is, you know, this is process-driven. And I think the anxiety that people feel often as they're facing this uncertainty of this transition time of retirement um, is, is, has to do with a lack of planning, right? There's a series of steps, right? These are proven steps. You just walk yep. through the steps. It works. And it you will works. get the answers. Now, you may not like the answers you get, but you'll get the answers that you need in order to figure out how you're going to make this thing work. And it's a big step to go through this process. It is. Uh, it, it takes um, commitment to get all the information. It, yeah. it takes a lot of bit of work. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of um, aha moments along the way. Yeah. And so it's, it, it's a process that people need to go through in order to bulletproof their retirement. That's right, and reduce that anxiety. Okay, um, well said. Join us after the break because we're going to find out why people regret retiring. You're on 770 CHQR and more than money. Welcome back. You're here with Dave and Faisal on 770 CHQR and more than money. You know, Faisal, uh, we talk a lot about retirement, clearly. I mean, that's all that we do. But there's a new risk we're going to add to the conversation about retirement. Ah. And I'm going to call that risk regret. So this is an interesting report put out by CIBC. Clients have a new retirement risk. It's called regret. We've got Jimmy Golenbeck uh, joining us today, Managing Director, Tax and Estate Planning, CIBC Financial Planning and Advice, uh, Jamie, welcome back to the show. Thanks for your time today. Thanks for having me. Okay, so let's let's talk about this. According to the uh, this most recent report, more than one quarter of retired Canadians regret their decision to retire. What is going on? Well, we went out there with a poll in uh, January, and we asked Canadians about their retirement, and then we asked them, like, are they still working? A quarter of them said they regretted it, and uh, an equal number have tried to actually re-enter the labor market with limited uh, success. Uh, you know, most of them returning for the intellectual stimulation, 59%, but half actually said that it's financial concerns that had them returning to work. Well, uh, that might not be exactly the picture that people think about with retirement, right? That's a big number in terms of regret. Um, were there any consistencies that you guys saw um you know, was it a, it wasn't what I expected. I mean, I understand the financial component. Was it what they were running out of money or they thought they were going to? Could, is there anything you could characterize there to, to be a little more specific on what they were feeling? Yeah, again, well, I mean, we asked them specifically that, like, why why are they returning back? And then the number one reason was uh, probably boredom. In other words, they're yeah. looking for some type of intellectual stimulation to have some kind of purpose, uh, you know, to feel, you know, important uh, with their life. Uh, but half of them did say it, it is financial concerns, and that sort of begs the bigger question and reason why we actually came out with a, a companion report on retiring right. Uh, looking at all the tax implications of retirement and what are the different sources of income that you're going to have in retirement, from Canada Pension Plan to OIS to RSPs, DFSAs, private pensions, how are they all taxed and are there things you could be doing in advance or even in retirement to maximize your retirement cash flow? Yeah, that was a great report and I'm going to ask our team to hopefully put that on our site. Yep. Uh, at morethemoneyradio.com to come pick that up if you want a copy of that. It's a we'll put it as a PDF hopefully and get that so you can download it. If not, we'll be able to put a link up there so you can you can grab it yourself. But a, but it was a very good report, Jamie, and I thank you for for you and your team for putting that together. There was a couple things in regards to regret when it comes to the financial piece. Um, when when people are transitioning to or living in retirement, they miss out or they forget about certain things they have to worry about when they go to into retirement from an income perspective from that report. What were the key things that you recall that are things that people need to remember when they transition to retire from a financial perspective? 
Yeah, again, there are there are some basic things like, you know, when you're converting from an RSP to a RIF, uh, there are certain credits that you can take advantage of. The pension income credit is certainly one of them. Uh, in addition to that, there's the opportunity to do pension splitting. There's the opportunity to do Canada pension plan sharing. Uh, in fact, some people actually thought you could share your uh, your OAS, which is absolutely not true. But there's some misinformation there in terms of what planning and credits are available to you. And I think the other thing that's important to keep in mind is that if you are doing some part-time work, uh, you can still go on and, and continue to claim the Canada Employment Credit. So, again, there are tax advantages and credits that are still available to you. And I think it's very important to work with an advisor, uh, a tax advisor, a financial advisor, to make sure that you're totally on top of all the opportunities when it comes to uh, after-tax planning for retirement income. You know, Jamie, in the uh, in the report, too many Canadians approaching retirement without a plan. You know, we've we've done lots of uh, pieces on this. Uh, now, that plan, I'd like you to comment on that because it's not just a financial plan. You you touched on something I think, Faisal, that you and I talk with people about all the time, and that's about the engagement model, right? What do you? Everybody knows what they're retiring from, but they don't necessarily know what they're retiring to. So, a plan doesn't just mean a financial plan. It means what that transition is going to look like, what you're transitioning to, how you're spending your time, and so on and so forth. But maybe you can speak broadly about this idea of not having a plan and the kind of stress that it creates. Yeah, I mean, people really retire, and sometimes it's a voluntary, but sometimes it's involuntary. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, one day, they have nowhere to go the next day. And uh, while they may be okay financially, uh, there's really nothing to do. They, they haven't thought about it. And, you know, of course, people are living longer. And, you know, we're seeing people retiring in late 50s, early 60s. And if they're in relatively good health, relatively good health, they could live 30 more years. And, you know, have we planned for this? And uh, not just financially, but have we planned in terms of how are we going to occupy our time and find purpose uh, with those years? Is it volunteering? Is it doing a part-time job? Is it honing a skill that we've always wanted, working on a hobby? Maybe it's your golf game. But I really think you need to sit down and think about what you're planning to do and how you're planning to spend your retirement. Well, and, and you may have just answered the next question. I was going to you know, say, as we sort of sign off here, in terms of the results, what, what would you say people need to do in order to prevent the regret from when they retire? Again, whether it's voluntary or involuntary, if you're getting towards that age that retirement's be- becoming a little more common, what, what, what should they be doing? Well, the number one thing, and the reason why we did this poll in the first place and wrote the report, is to have a plan. I think there's a lot of people out there that can help you if you don't, uh, can't do it on your own. Uh, have a financial plan, have a retirement plan, and also have a life plan in terms of what is your goal, what are the things, the objectives you plan to accomplish in retirement. And if you have a plan, you'll feel a lot more comfortable about that retirement day. Yeah, I think that's, uh, that's great news. We'll sum it up and we'll leave it there. Jamie, thanks for your time today. Always a pleasure. Thank you. We've been joined by Jamie Golombek. He's the Managing Director, Tax and Estate Planning, CIBC Financial Planning and Advice. And, you know, Faisal, um, I, you know, I, I want to talk about this because Jamie concluded there with something I think is really important. We go and, and we, uh, you know, through these educational seminars that we've been doing for years, we talk about the fact there's a difference between a, a lifestyle plan and a financial plan. Correct. Right? And you have to start with this this lifestyle plan, which is more holistic and it's broader. I mean, I don't like that word holistic, but it's broader based, right? You need to think a little bit about what your lifestyle is going to look like. You've got this cool um, uh, uh, program or project that you often do with clients about the 31 things. Yes. That helps people um, determine what it is they're going to, what they anticipate they're going to be doing. Walk us through a little bit about yeah, that. Yeah. So I, I challenge everybody to actually write this stuff down. 31 things you want to do in retirement. Uh, and people say 31, they get kind of shocked by the number and there's a rationale behind the number the first 10 usually are pretty easy to do i want to travel here i want to do this i want to do that the next 10 get a bit more challenging the last 11 
you actually start going deep into the values of what you want to do in your retirement, what's most important right. to you, right. what do you value. Um, it's mostly to do with things that are not always financially um, yeah. dependent. Or even activity-based necessarily. Correct. Right? Yeah. It's, it's getting into what you really believe in, and that's where I think people need to do that. So write the 31 things you want to do in retirement and do it individually from your Bingo. partner. Bingo. Because there sometimes is an influence from one partner to the other or um, your personalities may clash or things that you really wanted to do may not be brought up because you want to make sure that your partner's okay with it. Um, so I say do it separately. Don't share it with each other. Just keep it separate for from the onset. And then once you have um, completed that task and your partner's completed that task, then you get together and you start to write down every single one of them on a board. We use whiteboards in our office, Dave. So we, we kind of write them down and you kind of figure out which one is um, uh, he he wants to do what she wants to do. And there's going to be a lot of overlapping activity that's going to be on your we list. So there's things that you can do individually, things you can do as a couple. Uh, and that kind of gives you an idea of how your retirement activities and and things you're going to be doing in your, in your retirement are going to be played out. Well, and it, it also addresses, um, and I take you back to our first, second uh, retirement seminar. There, there was really interesting, uh, and people, if they do this exercise, if you're listening and you do this exercise with your spouse, um, one of you may be under the impression that when you retire and you're both at home, you're doing everything together, right? Think about your life. Is that the way your life has been? Yeah. Most people haven't done that. There are people that work together and so on. But most of us have separate lives. We called our work lives. And then we had this joint life that often involved kids and other activities that you do jointly, right? So that kind of Venn diagram idea that you're talking about, if one of you has an assumption you're 24-7 together and the other one doesn't, that can lead to serious problems. So this is an, it's an excellent exercise, right, to get focused on who wants to do what and when? And when I want to do something that may be separate from my partner, mm -hmm. I don't want my partner to feel like I'm leaving him or her out. Right? Exactly. This is, it, it's just part of the process. And understanding that at least starting that process, even though life will throw things at you, will make you change the way you want to have things happen in your retirement, yeah. um, still having some sort of, of structure or plan will give you that freedom for the future. Yeah. And I think you know we, we, we often do a lot of planning around work and when we're raising kids and so on and so forth. I want to suggest to you that your retirement, the phase of your retirement life could be, in fact, longer than you're working. It will likely be longer than when you were raising children. It's an important phase, and we tend not to be doing much thinking about what's going to look like. I, I won't harp on that anymore. Let's remind everybody about our upcoming seminar. Yeah, you don't want to have regret in your retirement. So we're going to talk about how to bulletproof your retirement and ensure that your lifestyle never retires on Tuesday, February 19th at the Oak Ridge Co-op Wine, Spirits, and Beer. Now, our 7 p.m. session is booked. So we're opening up an 8.30 session, and we only have a few spots left. So you need to give us a call at 966 8400 that's 966-8400, or you can register online at morethanmoneyradio.com. All right, stick around after the break. We're going to try to make sense of all of this, and question is, is a phased retirement a good fit for you and your family? I love stick it. around after the break. You're on 770-CHQR and More Than Money. Welcome back. You're here with Dave and Faisal on 770-CHQR and More Than Money. Um, we got to kind of pull all this stuff together. Yeah, what a good show. Well, it was a good show. What a good sort show. of different pieces, but if you think about them, they're all connected, right? They're all connected through this idea of the four buckets and the process of retiring. Correct. Let's talk about the process of retiring. Yeah, so that when we're talking about overall process, you got to start with your lifestyle first. And that's the biggest issue, why people regret retirement. We are talking to right. Jamie Golenbeck at the, at the top part of our show. Um, he basically said, you know, People are, are, are regretting retirement. They're coming back to work. Yep. 
primarily because of a financial issue. Primarily. Well, well half. About half, yeah. you said. Yeah. Right? Maybe a little bit more than half was financial. And half, interestingly, was what we talk about. Was, um, I'm bored. Boredom. Boredom. Yeah. yeah. Right? So either way, you need a lifestyle plan. You need a lifestyle right? plan. Right? So that's the starting point. From there, you can now do the number crunching to make sure that what your lifestyle is going to look like is going to be, can you afford it? Well, think about it. So, I mean, this are two things Jamie was talking about, right? He's talking about a financial plan. I got to make sure that I've got the resources to support the lifestyle in perpetuity with a high probability of success. But he's also talking about the engagement. How do exactly. I keep myself out of trouble and engaged and having fun? Can you believe it? Somebody from a bank is talking about the lifestyle, not just <laughs> the money? And an accountant. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy talk. Who does that? Okay. Anyways, <laughs> that was that was a key point because we need, we need to start off with lifestyle, yeah. dump, crunch the numbers. Make sure you can cover the, the key thing of can you afford the lifestyle you want. Right. That's the first question that people have. The second one that they end up happening uh, have is about their health. Right. Is will I be okay with my health? And will my as my health changes, will I have to pay out of pocket? One of the biggest concerns of people as they age mm -hmm. is memory loss. Right. And so we had a great conversation uh, today with the Dr. Susan Vandermoors from uh, from, from uh, Baycrest. Baycrest. Yeah. She's a clinical uh, neuropsychologist, and she was talking about that maybe not all memory loss is memory loss. It could be something else like hearing loss. Right. So what it is may not be what it is. It could be something different. Right. And I found it interesting, uh, the stigma. I guess I never thought about whether there was a stigma to a hearing aid. I mean, they're very small now. But I can tell you um, that a hearing aid, in most cases, is going to be an out-of-pocket expense for people. And it's not necessarily an expensive one. Correct. Now, if you're over the age of 65, Blue Cross has some coverage and some, so forth. Yeah. But you might have to top up. Right. And it may not just be your regular right. um, uh, hearing aid. There might be There's some more. different qualities. Yeah. So, yeah, you better speak to a doctor, speak to the professionals, and get those testings done because um, that, that is very important to... You think of all the functionality you need when you have when you have hearing loss, what you what you give up, and so um, it's a very important piece. So please, those of you who are listening, please give up, go out and get your testing done for that. But but talk about this. Um, you know, one of the articles that we were reading, and and some things that a process that we talk about often for people is phasing a retirement. Yeah. So I think one of the hardest um, things to people to do is just stop working. Right. Or just stop doing what they always were doing. I kind of give the analogy of driving down Deerfoot, uh, the Deerfoot Trail, doing 100 kilometers per hour. And then all of a sudden you're like, nah, I don't want to drive anymore. And you throw your car in the park. Something's going to break. Something's going to go wrong. Something could have a big problem. You could get into an accident. That's right. Right? Uh, life is kind of like that. You're right. going 100 doing the things that you do on a regular basis. And then all of a sudden you just stop doing what you're doing. Right. Now, not, not everybody has the ability, right? Sometimes our retirement date is chosen for us, and that's a bit of a shock to the system. Correct. Okay? But this idea of phasing it in, I think, is really important. And not just from slowing down uh, even in work. But what about between spouses and partners? Correct. So there's two different types of phases. There's, right. there's one of slowly kind of coming off the deer foot on off of a rampway, slowing down, right. getting onto another road, and then getting into a parking lot and coming to a close or a stop. That's like the, the phase of your career going from full-time to maybe an open schedule, uh, maybe going into part-time. Consulting. Or what have you. Yeah. Like that kind of phasing out slowly. So you're yep. still engaged, but maybe getting some financial compensation for it, and you're kind of just slowing your way out of that, that, that life, yep. which is one phase. The other type of, of phased retirement is segmenting between your partner. Right. So one retires first. Then the other, I think that's a very good idea for many couples mm -hmm. um, because 
if you both retire at the exact same time, um, you're both going through that transition period, you're both trying to figure it out, that can cause a lot of problems. One of the biggest concerns when it comes to gray divorce, people over the age of 50 going through a divorce, is that they're trying to figure out what their second phase of life is going to look like, and they may not want to be with that partner. So when they go through a, when they, when they stagger their retirement, that gives one to able to support the other. And then uh, as that wisdom is collected going through retirement, they share that wisdom uh, with their partner and that kind of helps. You you use the driving analogy and just, just think about anytime there's a massive shock, right? There's a massive change. It creates shock waves and that's the problem, right? And so retirement can do that. It can do that in a number of different ways. Everybody's got this vision of retirement and they've, it's a destination for many people, right? They don't understand that, that that's just part of the journey, yeah. right? It's not a destination, but that if you think about it as a destination, all of a sudden you end up there, you just go, now what? Yeah, I think we have to redefine what retirement is. Yeah, when we talk about that. And I right? think this is the problem, Dave, that I, that I find that people consider retirement um, like a destination <clears throat> yeah. and they just say, okay, I want to retire at this age. Right. They pick an age. We've been ingrained by generations to pick an age for retirement. And I say retirement should be defined based upon your being able to do what you want when you want to do it. At the pace you want to do it. Correct. Yep. That's financial freedom. Right. That's financial independence. Right. And that and when you get to that kind of a lifestyle, it doesn't matter if you're working seven days a week or you're working zero days a week. Mm-hmm. If you're financially independent, you can do what you want when you want at the pace you want to do it, you're retired. Yeah. And you can enjoy it, and then yep. you then it doesn't it doesn't have to be a line in the sand saying this is the date, and you have a retirement party. I think that's I think we got to stop having retirement parties. <laughs> we got to stop ha- because that's just celebrating what well, that you're done. Maybe it's just a good excuse to get together. Then just have a party. <laughs> just say I want to have a party. That's it's it. Such a downer. We no, no. Have a party. I think we I think parties. retirement parties are, are an end to something. Right. Like you're no longer with this company. Get out. Congratulations. Here's some right. cake. Yeah. Right. But I think <laughs> it's got to change. It's got it's got to change to I'm now financially independent. I can choose what I want to do. Right. We don't have to celebrate that. We just have to strive for that. Right. Well, it, I, I keep coming back to shocks when I see it. It's anytime we get big shocks, whether it's a shock in the stock market or you've lost a job or like you said, you've had the last piece of cake and you're on the way out the door. These are all major transitions and they're shocks to the system. Right. So. Like any shock, if you can just smooth it out, right, it's a much easier, much more comfortable transition to make, right? And so, the, you know, we talk about our, our client base and we see, and we see everything. People's dates chosen for them, right? The retirement party, here's the pen and the piece of cake, goodbye. We see consulting. We see people doing it at different paces. We see them all, right? And I, I personally, okay, no empirical evidence on this, personally see people who, who have this phased approach have a have a certainly a better quality initially experience in retirement. Yeah. Right? You'll eventually settle into something. That's you know, that's not the issue. But but the smoothness, you know, the the experience that they have as they move into it as a family, much better if it's phased. Yep. Right? Yeah. And there are some people of course that can can uh, do it. I'm not speaking about everybody, but I'm just saying in general terms. Uh, that's what there, I want. There's different types of phases too. There's yeah. there's the actual physical out of the career yeah. type of phase. There's the staggering yeah. between partners. There's also the mental part. Most people mentally check out before they physically For check sure. out. Hundred percent. I'm tired. I'm drained. I'm out. 
Uh, we've had if if they change management on me, I'm leaving. If they right. do this, I'm out. Like they've checked out. Right. Business owners check out before they physically check out. Right. Right. And that's a big concern for how do you sell your business? Sure. Valuation, that, everything, right? Because you're mentally checked out and yeah. you're not you're not there mentally. That means you're not going to be able to grow that business. So you're selling a business on its way down. Right. Which is counterintuitive. But yeah, but I think this is where there, there's different ways of phasing into retirement. And, and if if you're mentally checking out, if you're you're mentally done, then start physically phasing out. Okay, right? I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you for one more time. We we've covered this okay. in the show a little bit, but um, if anybody wasn't listening earlier, I want you to talk about the 31 things, just very quickly, really as quick. an exercise to help people for this phase. Right, 31 things that you need that you want to do in retirement. Okay, do it separately from your partner if you're with somebody. They don't see your list, you don't see their list. At the end of those 31 things, you then sit down with your partner and with our clients, we want them to sit down with us, and you start writing all 31 things on the board. You write your, your list, your partner writes uh, his or her list, and what you're going to uncover is there's going to be a he list, mm-hmm. a she list, yep. and then there's going to be common uh, activities between the two of you. We call that the we list, and then you can start building a program or a 24-month strategy on the things you want to do in retirement, yeah. and then you actually can understand what you value. And once you understand what you value in retirement, the quality of retirement just astronomically grows. Talk about structure. We're going to be doing that at our upcoming seminar. Right? F- How do you put this to work? Yeah, on February 19th, 7 p.m. at the Oak Ridge Co-op Wine, Spirits, and Beer. Sorry, I said 7 p.m. That one's fully booked. It's 8.30. At, we're having a sessions left. Give us a call, 966-8400. That's 966-8400. Or go to our, our website at morethanmoneyradio.com. And just a reminder that you can access any of our past segments on morethanmoneyradio.com, or you can have them directly delivered to you by searching for More Than Money CHQR on Apple Podcast or your favorite podcast app. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of More Than Money on 770 CHQR. David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli are portfolio managers and investment advisors with CIBC Woodgundy in Calgary. The views of David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli do not necessarily reflect those of CIBC World Markets, Inc. Clients are advised to seek advice regarding their particular circumstances from their personal tax and legal advisors. If you are currently a CIBC Woodgundy client, please contact your investment advisor. CIBC Woodgundy is a division of CIBC World Markets, Inc., a subsidiary of CIBC and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund, an investment industry regulatory organization of Canada. David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli are portfolio managers and investment advisors with CIBC Woodgundy in Calgary. The views of David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli do not necessarily reflect those of CIBC World Markets, Inc. Clients are advised to seek advice regarding their particular circumstances from their personal tax and legal advisors. If you are currently a CIBC Woodgundy client, please contact your investment advisor. CIBC Woodgundy is a division of CIBC World Markets, Inc., a subsidiary of CIBC and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada.